Today is the celebration of Pentecost. We draw our message from the 20th chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning in the 19th verse. Pentecost, the day in which the Holy Spirit came down from heaven, four, excuse me, 50 days after Easter, is actually this past Thursday. We celebrate it today, though, as Pentecost Sunday, and is the day in which we remember that special empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the disciples, to acts of ministry beyond their natural power. The giving of the Holy Spirit is to allow the disciples to do the work of God, not because they have the power in and of themselves, but because God acts in his own power through those given the Spirit. We begin this morning with a look at just what is the context of our passage of the Gospel. First, we know that it is Sunday. The women have already gone down to the tomb to finish the preparation of the body of Jesus. And when they did so, they found the tomb empty. Peter and John have run down to the tomb and found it empty, just like the women had said. And Mary Magdalene, who had lingered in the garden, has seen Jesus, who told her that he had not yet ascended to God the Father, that she needed to tell the disciples that he was going to ascend to the Father. Now we enter the passage where we began our reading today. It's Sunday night. The disciples are clearly confused and upset and scared. They have locked themselves in for fear of what might happen next. Were the Jews who had just had Jesus arrested and executed going to come for them as well? The one thing we can know about the disciples is that they did not know what to make of what was going on around them and the news of the resurrection, which they did not actually witness. It was not enough to calm their fears. Then Jesus enters. First thing to take note of, Jesus enters and stands among them. Even though the doors are locked, that does not stop Jesus. When you think you have set up every barrier there is, Jesus can get through to you. Jesus enters, stands among them, and says, Peace be with you. Now, every disciple in the room was guilty of betraying Jesus. Not as severely as Judas, who literally sold Jesus out for a little bit of silver. But they did betray Jesus by running away, by denying him, and cowering in a locked room instead of being bold in the face of the unknown and uncertain. Having totally betrayed Jesus' trust and expectations, the sudden appearance of Jesus should have them terrified. Afraid for all the reasons they were already afraid, and now terrified as they are face to face with the fact that the all-knowing, all-powerful God whom they just betrayed, was standing among them more powerful than they ever realized that he was. What penalty will he demand? What punishment for their betrayal is due? Jesus enters, stands among them, and says, Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be scared. Take comfort. I have conquered death and the grave. Nothing else can hurt you. Peace be with you. Then, 
as if to say it is really me, Jesus shows the disciples the wounds in his hands and his side. The Bible tells us that there will be many who claim to be Christ. There will be an untold number of antichrists disguised as light. How do we know the one that is genuine? Our Savior bears the scars he gained, paying for our sin. And Jesus says, peace be with you. It is really me. See my hands. See my side. The wounds are slayer. When you are facing trouble, a problem, something you cannot imagine being solved, when you are afraid, uncertain, face the unknown, terrified of the question of what might come next, listen to Jesus. Peace be with you. But Jesus, my problem is big. Look at his hands. But Jesus, my troubles are horrible. Look at his side. But Jesus, what I am facing has me so scared. And Jesus went to hell and back for you. Is anything bigger, more horrible, or scarier than that? Listen to Jesus. Peace be with you. And then Jesus gave his apostolic blessing to the disciples, making them apostles, those that are sent. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Jesus intentionally consecrated the apostles to continue his mission on earth, declaring the forgiveness of sins to all those who are repentant. And from that first consecration, the apostles have continued to consecrate and to ordain each new generation of bishops and priests to carry his mission on earth, proclaim good news to the poor, proclaim liberty to the captives, set at liberty the oppressed. These are the physical missions, but even more so are the spiritual missions, are you poor in spirit? Look at Jesus. See the scars he wears for you, and peace be with you. Are you captive to sin? Confess and be set free. Peace be with you. Are you oppressed by Satan, his demons, and those who want to keep the world in darkness? Be set at liberty. Peace be with you. Going back to what I said at the start of the message, this is why it's important to understand that it is God working through that priest or the bishop. This is the importance of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit works the works of God through the priests who have been ordained and consecrated to God's work. When you are baptized, God uses human hands to baptize you in God's power. When you are confirmed, God uses the human hands of the bishop to bestow the Holy Spirit in a way to strengthen you in the faith. When the Mass is celebrated, God uses human hands and the voice of the priest to perform the actions and say the prayers of Jesus, which turn normal and wine into Jesus' body and blood. When you confess your sins, as in the sin of confession, as in this passage specifically gave as an example, God uses the human voice of the priest to convey to you the truth of God's forgiveness that is absolute and certain. Peace be with you. Amen.